Good morning. Good afternoon and good evening. This is Jules, host and creator of Our Story, Our Voice. And um, yeah, it is me. How are you all doing? Um, I'm sure that a lot of you are thinking, um, Jules, I thought you were putting this podcast to the shelf. I thought you were going to start a new podcast. I thought you found a co-host. Didn't you say goodbye a while back ago? All of that stuff, true. True, 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 true. Um, just to give you all a update, um, I did. I have put the podcast up on the shelf and I wanted to rebrand, rename, and just really restart an entire new um, podcast. But I am also a big believer in um, following your gut instinct and really looking at different um, signs that kept pushing me back to this podcast, to the beginning of our story, our voice. And um, so I have found two co-hosts who love the idea on starting a new podcast. They loved it. They're like, yes, let's do it. Um, but they ghosted the idea. They didn't ghost me, but they ghosted the idea. And so I figured, um, one person cannot want something more than the other. Both have to want it really badly. And I felt at the time, not too long ago, that the best thing was to really start a brand new podcast because I felt I was getting better, which I think I have. And I felt that a lot of the old material was really, um, you know, you could see the progression of my podcast growing and developing into its own self. And um, so I wanted to start new, but... I couldn't find the right name. I couldn't find the right, I couldn't find the hidden gap of what I wanted to name the podcast. And I kept coming back to our story, our voice, and it just kept getting louder and louder that that is the podcast, that is the brand, that is that is the essence of who I am. Um, I believe in, I'm a huge believer in, in storytelling. And, and also, I'm a huge believer in really identifying and connecting and putting people's voices out in the air. And as much as I try to ignore that message, as much as, as, much as I try to find a different name that seemed authentic. Um, I felt that a lot of the names that I wanted, a, a lot of the different podcasts that I wanted to do, they were either already being done or they had been done in the past. And so here I am 
um, I decided to bring this podcast off the shelf. And also, it was perfect timing because so much has been happening since the last time I've spoken with you all. And um, I wanted to bring some light. And this is why the podcast works. This is why the podcast um, is here and why I created the podcast was an outlet for me to come here and say all the things that I want to say, talk about stuff that's currently going on in the news. And um, so, yeah, so that's what I wanted to, to come here. And one of the things that I wanted to really um, talk about is, I don't know if you all have been following the news, um, Lately, uh, the news has become a toxic environment where you don't know who's telling the truth anymore, which is really sad. Um, journalism and, um, and I, I guess journalism and what's the word that I'm trying to say with mixed in with personal I don't know there's a lot of lies that are flying around but that is what I believe and um, it's so important to stay up to date with what's going on in our in our world and so one of the biggest things that um, has been successful for the um, for the conservative um, for the conservative folks out there, um, nothing wrong with being conservative. I have a few friends who are, and I respect them. But for years. For years, since 1965, um, there was a Supreme Court ruling that affirmative action was um, was important. And it, it's been... Um, so in September of 24... 1965, President B. Johnson issued an executive order prohibiting employment discrimination based on race, color, religion, and national origin by those by those organizations receiving federal contracts and sub and subcontract. Prior to the civil rights movement um, taking place, um so I'm going to give you all a little history, um, being that my first um, choice of career was to become a historian. Um, my area of specialty at the time when I had chosen to be a history major because of my mentor, um, Coach Frickle, he was a historian, he was a history teacher in high school and and my favorite teacher from high school, Mr. Lassat, who, who was also a history major, 
um, I had decided in college, my first time, my first round of college was to become a history major and I wanted to become an expert. Specifically, um, I wanted to be an expert in the era of World War II and the and the civil rights and Chicano movement because I felt that um, the Civil War era era really um, changed a lot of things for so many people, and then the civil rights movement led us to affirmative action. And I'm talking about. I think it's important for me to bring in some history, because from what I was taught. And I often heard in college that the reason why it's important to learn and understand history is so that we don't make the same mistakes. And that's why history is important. That's why it's so important when you hear um, diversity, equity, equity and inclusion being so important. Um, diversity and equity and inclusion does not mean that why people are bad or, or doesn't mean that it's a punishment because they're racist. It doesn't mean that. It means exactly what the acronym stands for, which is diversity, equity, and inclusion, meaning don't be afraid of the diversity that we are living within our society. And equity, there should be an equal fair chance and inclusion. Everyone should be included in conversations, in decisions, in anything that involves um, a community of color. And um, some would say, is affirmative action fair? Because it's not fair to someone who is white. Um, affirmative action was overturned because a, a Asian person felt that um, affirmative action had discriminated against him which affirmative action was supposed to be the opposite. And I can't get fully into the entire case of how affirmative action was brought up, was brought upon and challenged in 2023 or 2022 when it came to court, um, to the Supreme court. And so anyhow, um, so just real quick, um, the civil rights movement was an organized effort for Black Americans to end racial discrimination and gain equal rights under the law. It began in the late 1940s and ended in the late 1960s. And the civil rights movement, um, movement ended in 1968 and affirmative action happened in 1965. And so it was um, a being that um, in the South and probably across the entire United States, um, there was a time and I feel and I fear and feel that we are slowly going back in time in a, 20, in a 2023 climate, that there was one point in our history where um, Black people and Asian even and um, 
Mexicans and um, American Indians or um, Native Americans could not enter a front door, could not go through, could not sit in, in the front of the bus, could not walk through a grocery store that was through the front, could not enter a bar through the front. There was always a back door. Although, although people of color have always um, provided and supported uh, communities. While we are being discriminated against, but then at the same time, we are buying products that, that sustain societies. So um, people had had enough and they were tired of schools being separate, but equal, because that was a thing. The thing about the uh, desegregation of schools was that, well, what's the problem? We all are going to school with our own people and it's equal. It wasn't equal. Um, and I'm going to use the, um, I'm going to use black communities. So if there was a black school and then there was a white school, the black scope will have books that were like, pff, that were not even no longer in, in publish. They, they were no longer publishing these, these textbooks. They were so old and our black community, our, our young black kids were not learning while the, the white school districts were receiving all the benefits, all everything. And these kids were progressing and, and, going to college and the the climate of the time when these schools were segregated the thinking of people who were running these government agencies who were white people felt what's the problem here both have schools both are going to educate it it's not our fault that these black schools are not doing well because they don't care about their education. They don't want to progress. They don't care. They just want to do whatever they want. And they're, they're just not working harder. If they're not learning, it's because they were not meant to learn. This is what, you know, the, the justification to why the white schools got more than the black schools. And um, the black community um, were fed up or tired of having to fight so hard to not even reach the same level as an adult who was working really hard could not even come close to reaching what a high school, a high school with white kids were going to soon pass, soon surpass this black community. And so that's where the civil rights happened. They said enough is enough. We need to desegregate our schools. Our children deserve the right to have equal education, equal treatment, enough with this separate but equal shit. And that's how the civil rights movement um, was um, born. And um, the civil rights movement was an organized effort by black Americans to end racial discrimination gain, and gain equal rights under the law. It began in the late 1940s and ended in the late 1960s. How was America going overseas 
fighting a dictator in Germany because they were because they have put Jewish people into concentration camps and and creating murdering them how is America gonna go and fight a war when they have their own race war here they encountered Asian Americans into concentration camps here in America they've tried to erase some of that history here just here in San Pedro there's a hiking trail if you walk in I, I can't remember the name of the hiking trail but it's really close right here in San Pedro and you go walk like you'll, you'll go hike and if you walk I want to say like not even a mile in like half a mile in if there's evidence that that was once in an Asian concentration camp because San Pedro is known to um, to have military bases there and San Pedro was one of the areas where they have held at the time during the 1940s when we were in, in World War II where they held concentration camps. They're all over Southern California. I think there's like one museum, you know, and it's important to, to um, highlight that because we need to understand the history of this country and the history that currently right now, some of our politicians who want to erase that, who don't like the idea that we are progressing rapidly and we are catching up with them because I thought that was the whole thing about, you know, it's equal but fair, but they don't want that. It scares them. It scares them that there's more of us than of them. And although there's more of us than them, they are still the majority. And so we have less leverage. Probably right now we're really getting close to, to balancing that leverage out. But with the strike of removing affirmative action, it's, it's pretty... Um, bizarre um affirmative action so you could say what is affirmative action and affirmative action just in simple terms it was a program of a positive action undertaken with conviction and efforts to overcome the present effects past practice policies or barriers to equal employment opportunity and to achieve full and fair participation of women, minorities, and individuals with disabilities. Affirmative action was to um, do right by the unbalanced, by the unfairness, and by the racism and discrimination that was going on uh, against people of color. And that's why affirmative action is so important. Um, and to think that that um, affirmative action has been stricken down, it's really it it's really sad. Um, in a unanimous opinion, the court rejected the Ninth Circuit expansive view of non-commercial use of 
sorry, I'm reading the wrong one. There's so much stuff here about the affirmative action. So pretty much um, two weeks ago, affirmative action was stricken down by a very conservative Supreme Court um, panel. And they felt that affirmative action was no, no longer needed. That color in this country is no longer a problem. And I'm like, what the hell is going on? Like, how... You all tell me, do you think that there's a color problem, a race problem? I still think, you know, this country is still so much very, um, it's still very racist. That's what I think. I, I still feel that, that this country is still very racist. And, and, and that worries me because although we have progressed a lot and we have done really well about um, helping our communities move forward. Um, like this is going to affect everything. This is going to this is going to affect how people could now go back to practicing. Um, you know, unlawful ways to hire people. Hopefully not. Right. Let's hope that in twenty twenty in a twenty twenty three climate that people have a conscience and they feel that we're going to still uphold the practice of affirmative action and, and still be fair in hiring people who who look different, who who come from different backgrounds, who who um you know and so how do we how do I bring this conversation to a positive end and and what what can we do Julia what can we do you've given us some history and affirmative action has has been taken away and what's next what's the next thing what's the next movement This is why I wanted to come back and, and really bring voice to this, um, to this topic. Because I know that many of you who are listening have children who look like you and I, who are going through the same experiences that we did when we were in high school. You know, you know who I'm talking to directly. And for those who don't have children, how can we be? A positive ally and not joke around about affirmative action or well my kid doesn't look you know Latino or you know whatever he looks white so he'll he'll get through we shouldn't have to get we shouldn't have to get through or we shouldn't have to pass to look like a different race just to get by if if that's you know a joke my mom or um they always say in spanish there's a joke um and the joke says broma broma pero todo se asoma which means joking joking around but the truth always comes around through a joke so when people are joking with you there's an underlying truth behind that and so if you hear People are going to want to talk bad about affirmative action. They're going to, they're actually going to say affirmative action was actually a racist um, 
law that didn't do anything, that didn't do right by anyone. That's not true. That's not true. Affirmative action is the reason why I'm even here. I've had to work triple so hard just to get through where I'm at, but I've been lucky too at the same time. My luck is because my luck has come through me having to choose the career that I've chosen. You know, I work in a nonprofit, so I'm in a field where I'm constantly fighting. I'm constantly advocating for those who cannot, for those who don't have a voice, but have a lot of story. This is why the podcast was created, Our Story, Our Voice, because there's so many stories that have to be told through other people's voices because that's how we learn. That's how we maintain traditions and, and, and stories to go further. But when people start changing the narrative of these stories, that's when it gets scary because the narrative is, is that affirmative action was not good. Affirmative action was hurting people. Who was it hurting? It wasn't hurting. It was giving people of color a fair chance. Some people could sit there and say, well, I, I never used affirmative action. I That didn't apply to me. No, it did. It did apply to you. You know, and for people to think that there's not a color problem in this country, y'all are colorblind. You don't want to admit to it. You want to think that you are not part of the problem. So how can we part of how can we be part of the solution? What's next? How can we prepare our kiddos who are not going to have this this extra help? All your kids are currently right now in high school. They're going to be facing soon graduation who may just feel the 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 um who's going to feel the these changes who's going to affect this this decision affects the future kids the future latin the future latino lawyers the future doctors the the future lawyers engineers ceos of companies Not everyone could become an entrepreneur. Not everyone. So what can we do, Julia? I say learn about your history. Teach your children to be proud of who they are. If, if they're Black, Asian, Native American, whatever culture you are, learn about your culture. Learn about who you are. Be proud of, be proud of who you are. Give your kids that insight of being proud. And if you are a Chicano second generation or third generation and you feel that, well, I'm, I'm more American than anything. No, but if you look like you, you are looked at as a Mexican of first generation. But if you are a Chicano and your parents were born here and learn about your culture. Teach your kids to be proud of who they are. We have great, great stories. Learn about 
your culture from Mexico. Learn about your, if you're a Chicano, learn about your Chicanismo from America because I'm a Chicana too, but I'm first generation. My parents were, were born in Mexico. And that was the one thing that my parents made sure, made sure that I would be proud of, of who I was and where I came from. You know, it's funny because in my home, I, I never under, I learned that I was an American when I went into kindergarten. <laughs> that was like the first time that I learned that I was, um, that I was an American and I didn't understand that. I, I think I, I felt, um, displaced when I went into kindergarten because they went around and they asked us, where are you from? Because they were teaching us. They were saying, you are Julia Ornelas, you are Julia Ornelas, and you are a Mexican-American. And I'm like, no, I'm just Mexican. <laughs> and I argue I argue with my teacher, obviously a little advocate from day one. And my teacher was like, look, little girl, you are you are an American. You are not Mexican. You, you may look Mexican, but you're an American. And so you're going to learn to say the Pledge of Allegiance. And I'm like, okay, you know, and so, but my, my parents would make sure that the moment we entered our home, it was all Spanish. It was all Spanish. You know, now thinking back, um, although I spoke Spanish, it was really hard for me to talk in Spanish because of my dyslexia. And, um, but, but other than that, my parents were really, um, they made sure, you know, my mom would talk about, um, stories from Mexico, you know, keeping the, the tradition alive and for, and for my Chicanos who are out there, who are part of the second generation and, and there, and you still have old generation alive, go and talk to them. You know, but again, if your parents are who were born here too, but they're Chicanos and they've worked hard um, and you don't know nothing about your culture, only that, you know, Christmas are, is celebrated on the 20th, on the 24th of midnight and we do tamales on Christmas and we really don't celebrate Thanksgiving, but there's always food. It's another reason to have a party and that we do quinceañeras. All of that stuff is, is still is still true. It's still beautiful. Learn about Mexico Independence Day. Why they call it El Grito. Why is the Virgin Mary so... Why is she such an important symbol in our culture? We don't have to believe it. But let's learn on why. Let's learn how America took all of our lands. Why that? Why that's important. Because you're giving your children self-worth to truly understand who they are and be proud of their culture. Because they're also American too as well. They are. But at the same time, because you look different and you look more, you know, ethnic, if I want to say that word. Um they're not going to know that you're an American. When people see me, they don't think I'm American. I was once told, geez, where did you learn English? And I'm like, uh, in America, I'm like kindergarten. And it's, it always amazes me how people are so like, you know, where did you learn English? I feel like saying mother effer. I've been speaking English, you know? Um, but 
this is the type of thing that we have to experience. And people say, you know, we don't have to experience that, Julia. All of that's in your head. All of that is what you see and what you believe. And so therefore you're going to project that and you're going to welcome that. Perhaps if that's, if that's the direction you want to go where you don't want to see that and so you ignore that, okay, fine. You know, if, if that's, if that is a choice that, that someone's choosing to, to follow and practice, that's cool. I wouldn't do that. And so the next steps, I think, on how we could prepare our kiddos for the future is to teach them about finance, educate them about finance, educate, educate them how money works in this country and how money is power. It's money is not everything, but it's important to understand wealth. And I I hope to be bringing that. I, I hope to be bringing more conversations about that. How can we prepare your little ones about money? Not not to teach them about how to spend money or how to give them money without teaching them. You can't just tell a kid save your money and then that's it. No. You have to be the, the educators, the voice, the guide to your children. Because it we are we are in serious times right now where we have to take full control of of how we want to develop and 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 evolve our kids' characters. Because your kids already have their their personalities. They are who they are already. But they're still learning and they're still growing and they still depend on the parent. And so, and, and for those who don't have children, how can we be allies to our future kids? How can we become the, the figure of a tia or a tío, even though we don't have children? What is my role for the next generation? What's the message that I'm going to send out? How can I be an ally? to my community. Well, this is where I hope to bring those topics to this podcast. And again, I really, um, I'm really excited that I'm back and I look forward to, um, to bring some really exciting topics that could help you or give you more guidance on, on how we could help shape the next generation without affirmative action because that's what's coming. We're not going to see it now, but it's, it's going to happen soon. So thank you all and, and have a great, great day. And episodes drop every Monday.